We're live. Okay, sweet. So, nice. Kim, where are you right now in the world? I'm in Barcelona, uh, in Spain, yeah. And you're doing a study abroad there, right? No, I'm, I'm studying full-time here. Oh, so you're just a full-time student in Barcelona. Yeah, I'm in the first year of my, my bachelor in Barcelona. Oh, um, I, I did a gap year after school, and I transferred unis because I, I, I did not like the program I was in last year. Uh, I didn't I didn't pick the right one. So I'm two years out of school, first year in uh in Barcelona in Spain. So it's it's been pretty pretty epic so far. I've been here for nearing on three months now, and it's been super cool. And where are you originally from? So I'm French and English, but I, I was born in the states, and I lived in like various countries, um, and then finished my schooling in the UK. So like pretty pretty complex. Wow. Where yeah. did you live in the states like originally? Born and raised in New York till I was nine. And then I left to the Philippines for five years from like, yeah, like nine, 10 to 14. And then went to Jerusalem until I was 16 at Jerusalem and like, yeah, Palestine, Israel. Um, and then I went uh, to the UK to finish my schooling from 16 to 18. Wow. And then took a gap year, uh, did a year in Canada, in a university in Canada studying computer science, but I really did not like computer science. And I, and I wasn't able to switch to the management faculty, which is what I wanted to do. Um, so I moved, moved back to Europe and Spain. It's been, been a good move. Dude, so, <laughs> journey. I'm like, I'm trying to get on your level in terms of like moving around and traveling. I lived in the same place my whole life growing up in Illinois, like small town in Illinois my whole life. Um, but yeah. now, like, I finally saw Europe this summer for the first time. Um, I backpacked with like my best friend from high school for a couple months and it was like, this is so cool. Like my mind is so open. Um, and we actually were yeah. in Barcelona for like a week and I loved it. So how are you man. so far? Well, honestly, so I went for a swim today and it's like almost December. So, I mean, pretty epic. I went, played, yeah, played some rugby on the beach with some friends, like went for a swim, you know, it's like the scenery is incredible. So honestly, I think this will be my home. I mean, I'm, I'm still, I, I saw, did you see Matt Milos's uh, post recently on The Perfect City? No, I did not. What was it? Anyways, yeah, it was like The Perfect City is walkable, has sun like 300 days a year, yeah. uh, has friendly, fit people, um, good food, come good, nice architecture. And all, yeah, so honestly, this Boston, it takes most of the boxes. Totally. Uh, the only issue, I'm, I'm a surfer, so there's no waves here. So like that, that's the only, the oh, only caveat. Damn, but apart I'm from that, man, it's pretty sick. Yeah, I mean... I'm just thinking about where you're at compared to where I'm at. I'm still in Illinois in a city like near Chicago called Evanston. And it's like 20 degrees outside, 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Like it's snowing yeah. outside right now. Oh, yeah. I know. And like, I don't want to be the one, I don't want to be one to just complain about the weather a ton because you can't control it, I guess. But it does definitely influence your life when you can just like walk outside and go for a nice run or walk or like you're going swimming where I'm like bundled yeah. to even like go outside for a couple minutes. So yeah, bro, I think post-college, like I need to, I know I want to find a place like Matt, like he says, yeah. like checking all those different boxes. hundred percent. I mean, I was in Canada last year and it's like, it's just miserable for six months <laughs> from, from November to like even April, like boarding on, I mean, yes, yeah, just not, not ideal. <laughs> so, what university did you go to in Canada? I was in McGill in Montreal. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I honestly wouldn't really know any Canadian universities. I only yeah. like University of Toronto just because like I'm a huge Jordan Peterson fan. And so like right, he's right. a professor there. So that's why I yes. about it. Yeah, I think I think he actually got a PhD from McGill as well. So yeah. Did he I mean, really? Yeah. 
I think so, yeah. Because McGill and like UFT are like, like the the schools in in Canada. So, and so you yeah. studied computer science for a year at McGill, and then now you're studying. You're studying what? At now Boston? I'm studying like business, business, business administration at Boston. Yeah, so a bit, bit more chill. Give me yeah. more time to to work on the on the Twitter. On the Twitter, <laughs> so, dude. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, I was doing economics for the first two years here at Northwestern, and like it's pretty intense. Like you have to study yeah. a ton. And so, and I honestly hated it, but I was just on that yeah. because I thought like I would go like the investment banking route or like the consulting route, like really big corporate route. Um, but then I like reevaluated that and I was like, why do I want to do that? And the only reason I really wanted to do it for was for like status and money, I realized. And so now like, yeah. I teach the psychology and I find it way more interesting. Plus it's a way lighter workload. So it gives me this time to actually like pursue these things on my own now, which is so much fun. Yeah, that's sick, man. So is that do you have to extend your your year? Can you still do it in four years or how? Yeah, so I got I got pretty fortunate. Um, I was actually doing a double major in economics and psychology, like trying to do both. Um, so I just dropped the economics and then the economics, all those classes that I took, they're translating perfectly into these two minors that I want to get. So I'm majoring in psychology and then minoring in entrepreneurship and then business institutions. So basically like business. Um, but so like, I feel like it's working out pretty well. Yeah, that's sick. Like that's good stuff. It's, it's so much nicer doing something you actually want to do. It's like yeah. a complete game changer. I'm not, I'm saying as you, I picked computer science because like it sounded cool. It was yeah. pretty prestigious, paid well. And I was like, and then I, I had a massive realization. I was like, shit, I actually do not like this stuff. Yeah. And, like, I, I do find like programming and like all that stuff kind of cool, but like, university computer science is just like incredibly math heavy like theory heavy and i honestly did not care much about <laughs> for that stuff and like incredibly time consuming as well totally. uh, why did you choose it in the first place well because i started co like coding during covid so learning web development and stuff and i was like really liking it and yeah. i, I should have i should have researched the um I should have researched the course more uh, and realized it's not actually, you don't actually do much <laughs> like web development and programming in it. And also I had this like fantasy in my head that I was going to be some like web developer. I was going to be some software engineer in Latin America, just living the life. I did a gap year as well. So I traveled yeah. to Latin America and I met all these software engineers uh, just like working remotely, living the life abroad. I was like, oh man, that sounds so cool. Like that's like definitely the thing I want to do. It sounded cool, paid well, like cool job. Yeah. I was like pretty good at maths and uh, at school. So I was like, fuck it computer science like i don't know what i want to study i'll yeah. pick that but i realized yeah you're way better off doing something you, you really like doing than totally than, uh, yeah so it's, yeah it's so tough when you're like entering college like as an 18 19 year old kid like to choose these huge decisions like based off such little information and like perspective i mean like my reasoning for choosing economics is kind of similar to you it's kind of just like well i guess like my dad is in business i think and like I think I want to make money. So like, I guess I'll do this. Like that is such a bad decision-making framework. Like it doesn't make yeah. sense. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. I made the switch. Right. hundred percent. That's good. I'm glad you made it too, man. I mean, it's, yes, it's crazy. And the biggest thing is like, it gives us time to work more on other stuff. So when did you start on Twitter and like, why did you start? Okay. So I've, I've been like really into this sort of self-improvement uh, space for a long time, for like last two, three years. I mean, I've been following Ali Abdal for quite a long time. Uh, he, he's like sort of my, my like, probably like three, four years ago. I mean, I've like watching a lot of his stuff and he's put in my hair. And and I just, I've just been, I've always been pretty 
obsessed with like improving myself, you know, mentally, physically, uh, mentally and physically. Um, and then, so I've been, I've been taking, you know, have you heard of the like second brain concept? Second brain? Yeah. Yes. A bit. Like I kind of use that. I use notion for that. I would say. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, notion, remnant, well, obsidian, yeah. all of those stuff. So I was, I have like a huge, uh, like a, a huge web of notes that I've been taking for two years on all sorts of topics. Uh, and then I stumbled upon a video of Ali, uh, Ali Abdal on YouTube, uh, saying like how to make money online. Um, and it was literally, it was just like, yeah, creating a personal brand, uh, getting, getting people to follow you, uh, know, like, and trust you. And then you can like eventually use that to monetize. And I was like, shit, I'm doing all this writing and reading and I'm not posting any of it. It's like, just like sitting on my computer on my heart. Like it's useful for me. Like I'm, it's helping me navigate the world better. Right. Uh, but it's not like, I'm not sharing any of it, um, online. I'm sure like people would find some of the shit useful and helpful. Uh, so then I was like, right, I'm going to. So I saw this thing and I was like, and his video actually wasn't that. It was, it was it's what got me to start writing online, which is good, but it didn't like get me to start writing in the right place. So I started, I set up my personal blog, uh, had this whole, this whole thing going. Um, I wrote like 10 articles, got like five, maybe five or 10 views on the 10 articles. I was like, shit, this is, I, I'm, I like writing it all, but this is kind of, it'd be kind of nice. Like people would read my stuff. So I was like, right. And then I, I stumbled upon the whole Dickie Bush, Nicholas Cole thing. Uh, the whole ship 30s and writing online gig. I was like, oh, damn. So okay, I've got a, I like writing articles, but I've got to write a social platform. So, okay, right. I'm going to start doing Medium articles. So then I started, I moved all my articles to Medium and then started, writing, I wrote like three, four or five more Medium articles. And then I was, and then I, I read a post from them saying, yeah, Medium is actually not the place you should be posting. It's Twitter. I was like, oh, damn. Okay. So I've, I messed up again. Um, and then, yeah. And then I just, I, I went down a massive rabbit hole, like Dickie Bush Nick's cool rabbit hole. I mean, it's great stuff they have. I read their whole like ultimate guide of writing online, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, right, I'm committing to Twitter. And then since, ever since like always first, I've pretty consistently posted like two, three times a day uh, on Twitter. So yeah, that's, that's about it. <laughs> it's so similar, like to my story, like going down these rabbit holes, like you find one creator you really resonate with and you just consume all their content. Like that's exactly what happened with me, but a little different side of Twitter. Like I got really into Dan Co. Uh, Dan yeah. Co was like the guy for me where it was like this whole mindset shift. Like, okay, it was kind of like this dude is doing it. I feel like why can't anybody else do it? And all he's doing is expressing his interest online through a personal brand. And it just blew my mind at first because it almost seemed like good, too good to be true. Um, obviously now that like we're in it, like we're in the arena or whatever, like you realize how much more work goes into it than you originally think. Um, but that's what happened for me. Like I stumbled across Dakota Robertson. I'm sure you've heard. Yeah. Of him. Yeah. 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 I was like fascinated. I'm like, how did it, how is this guy like making this much money? How does he have this many followers? He's getting so much engagement. And so I was like trying to find an interview of him online. And the only one I could find was a podcast with him and Dan Co. And then from yeah. there, I just went crazy down the Dan Co rabbit hole, like bought uh like was in modern mastery bought the two-hour writer started writing on twitter and then now like now that i'm in it i found guys like dickie bush and nicholas cole and like i listen to dickie bush's uh his podcast sometimes too it's pretty good but oh, yeah yeah it's funny how like just this tendency to go down a rabbit hole can lead to like what you want to do with your life it's it's really weird so have you always had that tendency to like find something you're interested yeah. in and just like pursue it no 100 yeah i i, I, I was like I thought I used to think it was a bad habit, but maybe it wasn't such a bad habit after all because it got me like doing this stuff. But yeah, I would just obsess, obsess over this, especially like note taking and like find the optimal like 
systems to to sort of manage my life i would just literally go down these crazy rabbit holes and they keep me up at night till like 3 a.m thinking about them it's just like crazy yeah. stuff uh and then i'm pretty thankful i found it now and i have a more healthy relationship with those rabbit holes now like i'm more like strict with them like i'll let myself go down them but you know when i when i actually have the time and time and space to do that yeah. uh before it's like you literally know you know no sense like no limit on the rabbit hole hunting i would just just go down and down and down and like it helps you make a lot of progress really quickly but i mean <laughs> don't oh, think it's totally. tall but it is interesting that you say like you thought it might be bad for a while which i thought the same thing like and it depends what i guess you're consuming too um because when i was younger like I'm thinking like middle school high school i had this like really high tendency to just consume so much content like my screen time during the day on my phone would be like 14 hours a day like ridiculous but the shit I was consuming was so bad it was like all just like either sports or politics and it was like nothing to actually like better myself but I had this like really high tendency to just like consume an absurd amount of content in such a little amount of time and go down the rabbit holes like I went down yeah. conspiracy theory rabbit holes and everything. Um, yeah. But now like when you tailor that to something that's actually productive, like then it's actually a good thing. I feel. Yeah. Then you're unstoppable, 100%. Exactly. And just get, just get back quickly. Sorry. I, I saw that podcast, by the way, with uh, yeah, Dakota and Dan, like solid stuff. I think I think I saw, I think I saw, I saw it's like, it's on Dan's YouTube channel, right? Yes, I think so. It was he, like, he interviews Dakota. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, the title is like, interviewing dakota on adopted on adopting like a, a fucking mentality right or something like that yes yeah and like it, quality oh, quality interview oh it was sweet and it's funny how like some of these really cool interviews that you could find on youtube or podcasts like they're the ones that only have like a thousand views i mean literally yeah it's it's interesting it's nuts it just shows you how much value there is on there do you have youtube premium as well or I do not know. Do you? Dude, it's so good because I literally, like, my, I, I've like pretty much stopped listening to music now. I've just got like a shit ton of podcasts on my like watch later on YouTube. Yeah. And then I just like play them. And well, if I need to cook or I need to like, I don't know, do the dishes, cook. Like I have an hour commute every day to school. So I just, every time I have like a pocket of time to kill, I just bam, watch later YouTube, like one of these interviews. Yeah. And I put on like one, one five, like, because you can also lock your screen so you don't kill your battery. Right. Uh, and it's just like, honestly, game changer. So Next, usually what I do, I use Spotify for podcasts, but the YouTube, the YouTube way might be smart too. Cause you can get like a totally different side of content. Um, and the annoying thing is like, you can't turn your phone off. So maybe I should invest. How much is it a month? Um, so it's like, so I also use YouTube music Okay, and it comes in the same package. Uh, so it's like, I think it's 10 a month, which I think what you pay for Spotify as well. So it's my music platform and like the podcast platform and everything. So that's not bad. And then do you have any special privileges with like posting YouTube videos too, theoretically, if if you wanted to? Uh, I don't know about I've I haven't explored the YouTube space yet. But you also skip ads, which is like, like super big. I literally I was on my friend's phone the other day, like watching a YouTube video, and there was just like 10 ads. I mean, this is shit. And yeah, and so I, yeah. Honestly, it's, it's like probably my most valuable subscription. Cause I just, cause also like I, I never actually used to listen to podcasts and also like a 20-minute video I want to watch from my creator. I, I normally just you know, like Danko's videos or whatever, I'll just sort of play them on YouTube and like lock them and just listen to it. Like they, they're, they're perfectly good to be podcasts as well. Uh, totally. so anything. It's, it's just him talking in front of a camera. So right, like, yeah. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to watch it. That's, yeah, that's a good point. 
I'm gonna it's like same with Ali same with Ali Abdal, like all of his videos. I mean, you don't you don't get that much extra value by watching the thing. You just see him talk, right? And see the occasional image. So it's I like, actually I don't even know who that is. What's the guy's name? Oh really? No, okay, I'm yeah, not... no, he's how do you he, spell it? I, um Ali A L I. Oh, I see him. Oh, I've seen this guy. I've actually I've watched one of his podcasts with I think Sahil Bloom. Um oh, yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, this dude, this dude's really cool. He's super cool, man. He's like he got he got me into all this in the first place. God, I don't know any of these other guys like Dan Cody, Dicky, but I don't know any of those guys. Yeah. Ali was like the, the guy who introduced me to it all. Yeah, it's funny, like so, so 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 your entry to this world was Dan Cody, right? You said, yeah, was it Dakota? Uh, it was like, kind of Dakota, but then Dan was like the one who made me think, like, oh, I can actually do this myself. Right. Yeah. And but how did you find them on Instagram or or what? I was following Dakota on Instagram for a while just because I like kind of like I, I thought he was funny. I just liked the stuff he was putting out. And then from there, like one of my friends told me to like look into him more because at this point I had started writing a newsletter just for fun. And one of my friends is like who also followed Dakota is like, dude, you should start doing this. And I was like, you're probably right. I probably should start posting on Twitter. It's like those things that you know you should be doing that you're not already doing, like narrowing the gap between the idea and the implementation is like the biggest thing for me right now. So like I'm thinking back to the YouTube, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but like the YouTube stuff is like something I know I should be doing, but I, I just haven't done it yet. I need to just take this step. Um, but like, anyways, back to the Dan Co Dakota thing, like Dan Co basically, I've consumed so much of his content. I felt like I had such good understanding of like, oh, like, why would I not do this? Like, it's a sunk cost if I don't start writing on Twitter right now. 100%. I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I think exactly what you what you said about the implementation. Because I've been, yeah, the implementation, the action, like, gap. Uh, my new my my new approach now to the, all this stuff is literally just take the uh, yeah, just take the first step and then figure it out. Encounter right. bottleneck, figure it out. So I always used to like, Try and meticulously plan every every like every obstacle I would maybe encounter like you know two months down the line instead of just like taking the first you know taking the leap and then like, figuring it out and that's just like a bit of game changer. No, totally same because with this podcast, even I was like contemplating it for like a month and I was just like putting off figuring out how to set it up. And the day I decided to just do it, it took me like thirty minutes to just like do it. And now yeah. like now this is probably my like thirteenth, fourteenth episode um but like it was just taking that first step and i still don't know what the hell i'm doing but i'm figuring it out as we go and that's all we can do yeah man, that's so good yeah i mean yeah i think dicky made a do you follow yeah do you follow dicky bush on twitter yes yes yeah i think he yeah he made this uh he made a post on this uh at some point yeah he calls it like just in case learning versus just in time learning yeah and he basically has just and his approach now and i actually got this from him he's just like Start something, find a bottleneck, find a solution. So when he started his YouTube channel the other day, he literally, his like, the time it took him from coming up with the idea to start a YouTube channel to actually post his first video was like four hours or something crazy. He literally was like, right, I want to start a YouTube channel. Screen recorded, like made a loom or something. Yeah. Recorded, comments on a thread and just post it, bam. Just like, and then, and then like build on that. Because I think that's so important, taking the first leap. Because then the, the inertia kind of takes you forward. It really is. And I guess going off that like, do you have any ideas right now that you're kind of like holding off? Um, maybe like the uh, thing is, it's not like stuff I, I don't know for sure I should be doing some stuff. I I have been thinking about starting a newsletter. I have been thinking about um, 
like doing some outreach to land land a ghostwriting client because that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. Some ghostwriting. Uh, I haven't really been thinking about YouTube because I'm trying to. I'd be spread too thin if I was doing like Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Yeah. Um, but like, I also don't know the ROI at the moment of doing a newsletter. Personally, wouldn't be that big because I mean I, I have a very low following, and it's I, I just feel like it'd be more valuable to start it. And it's some people have said, yeah, you should probably start now. But it, so it's like stuff I'm not sure I should be doing rather than like stuff I know I should be doing that I'm putting off. Kind of does that make, does that make sense? No, it definitely makes sense because like when you're in these early stages, it's like what is the thing that's gonna like have the highest ROI with my time? Because I've even felt that a bit like spreading myself thin. Like now that I'm doing, I'm doing newsletter, Twitter, and podcast. It feels like sometimes I'm I'm do, trying to do too much, but at the same time, like I enjoy doing all three of them. So I'm just gonna roll with it for now. But I think you have a good point. Like my newsletter right now, it's like I'm not making any money off it. It's not like extremely valuable. I have like 115 subscribers. Um, that's not bad. That's like pretty. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and a, a lot of them are from like people I grew up with and like people from my town. Cause that's how it started. Like I started the newsletter with no intentions of it to go anywhere. I started it just because like I was writing a lot when I was backpacking in Europe. And I just wanted to like share some thoughts with like, like five family members and like a couple close friends. And then from there, it just kind of like snowballed into one thing, one thing after the other, which is so interesting to think about. Um, it's like going down those rabbit holes like we talked about, like just unexpectedly going down these rabbit holes. But yeah, yeah. I, I feel you about the like having the ideas to do things, but not necessarily going after them. Um, but I kind of yeah. want to get more into like, per, like Twitter. So like, what is your Twitter growth strategy like right now? And like, what are your goals with it specifically? So now my strategy is, um, it's like pretty simple. It's three tweets a day. Uh, three threads a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and then the occasional Twitter space. I'm not really methodical with the Twitter space. I don't have a specific, I want to do more of them. I need, I'm, I'm, I think I may be doing one tomorrow, uh, but I think those are pretty good as well. Cause it's like nice to catch up with people you want to catch up and just do that in public and you get followers with it. <laughs> so, right. um, and then this, this strategy, like the goal now is to get to, you know, to keep growing the account keep gaining traction to my profile and then eventually like land some, some ghostwriting clients. Cause that's, I mean, I don't see myself doing that long-term, but I feel like it's a good, a good step into monetization. You yeah. le probably learn a lot from it. You learn how to like produce a lot of content quickly, a lot of good content quickly. And, um, and yes, I think that's the first step I'll take. Uh, I mean, yes, it's just threads and tweets at the moment. I've heard of people like buying retweets to accelerate the whole thing. And I actually haven't thinking about that. I, I, I don't really see the problem with that. Because if you write something good and you drive traffic to it, then you get followers. And then if, and the ROI on that's pretty big. So if you if you like grow to two, three K and then like manage to land uh, a few clients, because like it, you have way more credibility if you have two, three K as a ghostwriter than if you have like whatever I have, like five, 600 followers. Um, and then you just like immediately pay that back. So I'm, I have been thinking about doing that, but it's just honestly just threads, tweets. I, I engage like 30 minutes a day as well. Um, and, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Gotcha. Yeah, no, we're in a similar mindset with this. Um, I've actually like over the past couple of days started to think about that that route of like buying retweets to drive growth so you can start to monetize. Um, and that's that might be the next step, but like I don't know, like part of me is like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like it feels kind of unethical, but at the same time, it's like I think it's it's a way to drive people to your profile, which you can make more money. It's like an investment, basically. Um but we're, we're talking about 
ghostwriting a bit. So have you landed any clients yet? Uh, I haven't. So I'm actually writing. I haven't, like, I'm, do you know a guy called Taylor Simmons? Yes. Yeah, so he, I'm running for his ghostwriting agency now. Uh, I haven't actually been in a thread yet. He hasn't given me one yet. But, like, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll be writing for him soon. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm technically one of his writers now. Uh, so I haven't landed any of my own clients, but I'm doing his stuff. Okay. And I think I'll, I could I could honestly speed this up, like, massively. And I think I'm – so I'm, I'm different to you. I don't really see it as unethical at all. Like, everyone buys – I mean, all these, like – I'm sure the code of Robertson, J.K. Malina, all those guys bought retweets in the beginning, uh, and a lot of people, a lot of people do. And it's not like if you write a bad thread and you buy retweets, it's not going to help your growth. It's only if you like actually write good stuff. So it's just like skipping, you know, skipping the really slow stages in the beginning and skipping all those like, yeah. So honestly, I think I'm just uh, obviously I'm not earning any money now, so it's like, and I don't have much of it. So yeah, like I have a bit of a scarcity mindset at the moment regarding money. But I think I may just take the leap because the ROI will definitely be worth it, in my opinion. And and like I'll be testing, <laughs> I'll be my own like experiment to see if I can actually like grow accounts quickly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because if you can do it yourself, then you could do it for somebody else. That's such a good point. Um, it's actually weird. Like I've stumbled into ghostwriting too. Like I'm a writer for a guy named uh Brandon Zhang. Have you heard of him on Twitter? All right, let me see if maybe if, if I see his account. It's a Brandon and then Z H E N G, um. But he run he has like his own agency and he writes for like CEOs. Oh shit! Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, he's big. So I'm like writing under him now, and I kind of just stumbled into it through a mutual connection. Um, which is like, which is why Twitter is so insane in my opinion. Like somebody who I knew from, met on Twitter and actually had on my podcast, he was just like put me in a group chat with him and Brandon. And he's like, hey Brandon, Jack's a writer about x like these topics like i think you'd be interested in working with him and i was like i never even referred to myself as a writer before so like it was just funny that like he put us in contact and now i'm writing like a couple threads a week for this guy um oh, really that's cool yeah. but i've never i haven't really thought about it until right now about like taking that next step from being somebody like being a writer for another ghostwriter to like becoming that writer yourself and then having an agency under you I think it's an interesting area. The only thing that concerns me is like, I feel like so many people are doing it right now. Does that concern you at all? It concerns me a bit, but I mean, I mean, the, the market, I mean, the market's still pretty big. And I'm also like doing a lot of like LinkedIn cross posting. So I do see myself, um, and like, I think the LinkedIn market is more, uh, is more lucrative than the, than, than on Twitter. Cause like, yeah, like some more senior and more serious people there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it concerned me a bit at the beginning uh but I, uh, there's a lot of ghost there's a lot there's a lot of ghostwriters out there but there's also a lot of shitty ghostwriters out there and i i honestly don't think it's that difficult to, to land a client and i think it is the fastest and easiest way to monetize in the beginning with also like you're also learning a ton on the job because you, you learn about these cool people's lives you, you like really practice your writing I, I don't see myself doing it long term like as, as long as dakota's doing it now but just to get some like cash flow now so oh, yeah. you'd be able to be able to make better decisions down the line would be kind of nice. And then it, like, you also learn marketing sales, how to make landing pages. Like you learn a ton doing it. So it's like, but yeah, in terms of, so I'm going on a massive tangent in terms of like the saturation of it. I don't, yeah, I'm not too concerned with it. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, LinkedIn, the LinkedIn example is interesting. I was listening to Sahil Bloom. Um, he was on my first million podcast and he was talking about like his three biggest things he would do now if he were starting 
And one of those was like trying to start a ghostwriting agency on LinkedIn because so many people have done it on Twitter, but LinkedIn, like not a ton of people have done it. It's a, it's a bit newer of a platform in terms of ghostwriting. Um, I actually am doing ghostwriting on LinkedIn too, but it's like this very strange thing. Like um, I was basically an intern for this guy doing behavioral economics and organizational psychology work. Um, and now I'm like writing LinkedIn posts for him every week. So it's like, I have these two different ghostwriting things. Going I really, it's like so unexpected. Um, yeah. Ghostwriting stuff. I feel like, especially at our age is like a really interesting way to like get into everything, get into the space and like meet a lot of cool people and learn a ton because I'm looking at it this way. Like I'm getting paid to practice writing threads and then yeah. see how they go. And then like, I'll see the final product when it goes out on the big person's account and then see how the engagement goes. And then like, you can analyze that, like, okay, this worked, this didn't work. And then you can eventually apply that to your own profile to create your own personal brand. But right now, like, why would you not get paid to write the, the tweets that you would already write for yourself is what I'm No, honestly, yeah, that's, that's exactly how I see it as well. Um, it's just, yeah, it's such an easy, like quick way to get into it. And then once you, once you start that, then, then there's like, there's so many, I think so many like monetization doors open once you actually start like doing, like, yeah, once you like start earning money and start doing doing stuff, then you can actually explore other avenues. But I think as an entry point to the whole like online money, money business, I think it's, it's decent. And it'll totally shatter like this scarcity mindset that you said, because I totally had that and I kind of stumbled into not having it anymore and I'm still working through it. But like once you finally get paid for something you do online, it just like shatters this limiting belief. It's like, holy shit, like this is real. Like I can do this. And so yeah, it's exciting because I really want to make this like my thing, like after college, like I want to turn this personal brand and everything into something that I could do full time after college. Do you have those thoughts? 100%. Yeah. I mean, I'm like dead set on doing this. I have four years to finish this degree and I will 100%. I mean, yeah, even if I don't finish, I mean, yeah. I've had thoughts in my head of like not finishing it, but in any case, because if I'm like, I'm, it's, it's, it's this or nothing. Like this is going to happen. Uh, how long do you have before you finish your degree? I've got about a year and a half. So I'm set to graduate June, 2024. Um, okay. Yeah. Which yes, is you're chilling, dude. a year and a half. Like that gives me a lot of time. Um, But it is like kind of this race because I want to have it to a point where I don't have to go get like, a corporate job because I have this going and I could start my own business based off that. Um, there's another kid who I've been friends with since I was like four years old. Like we played sports together our whole lives. Um, he's on Twitter now too. He's kind of just getting into it. His name's Tyler Ramez. Have you, have you connected with him at all? I haven't. No, no. But long story I short, we're thinking about like this summer living together and trying to build like a community, a Twitter community based on our personal brands. And so up until that point, like growing our personal brands and then trying to build something around it. So there's just so many possibilities. I also have all these crazy ideas for like what I can do post-college. Um, but I'm curious, like before we get into mine, like what are you thinking post-college? Like what does the ideal situation look like for you? Uh, so the ideal situation uh, post-college, even like before, I mean, before, uh, yeah, whatever. Whenever it happens, like uh, the ideal situation for me is – uh, but long term or short term or mm, well give me give me both give me both i'll get yeah so like short term it's get to like 10 15 20k a month doing ghostwriting which is extremely attainable uh which which uh, yeah um 
and then do that and then get that initial cash flow in. And then maybe like, and then just keep building these personal brands to so keep exploring my passions, like doing kind of what, what Dan does, like do all this like cool reading that I like doing, sharing ideas on the internet about it. Uh, and then, uh, so keep earning the money from the ghostwriting, not really depending on my personal brand to earn money. And then when I reach a certain point, uh, a certain following, like then use my personal brand to monetize. So, so initially do something similar to what Danco is doing. So do yeah. like get all my money from ghostwriting in the beginning. Um, and then long-term, I would love to just travel the world. Yeah. Write tweets and threads about what I'm reading and what I'm doing. And just like spend my whole days just absorbed in stuff I want to be doing reading. And then like finding ways to monetize that in the way Danco is doing. Dude, you are literally like speaking to me so much right now. Like I have the exact same thoughts. Like that's, that's the ideal life. Like I'm reading this book. I have it right here, actually. Um, Have you read this, The 4-Hour Workout? Yeah, I read it. Good, good, good so, stuff. Don't spoil it too much for me. I'm only in the first couple of chapters, but it's totally like reframing how I want to live my life. Um, Because like I always thought like I just live in some big city in the US and like work a, corp- a corporate job and like save for retirement and stuff. But this is like shattering my worldview of that. Like, I want to travel the world, like be a, like a digital nomad in some sense, like be able to do whatever I want all the time. And it, to an outsider, it sounds too good to be true at first. But now, like, I feel like once we're in the arena, and this is an interesting thing that you just said, you said 10K to 20K a month ghostwriting is easily attainable. I haven't even had that realization. So like, if what you're saying is true, like you could you could work from anywhere and be have like like a very nice salary. So what what makes you think like 10 to 20k a month is attainable? Because I've met like I've been speaking to a few ghostwriters and I've done some research. And these guys, I know these guys aren't more intelligent than me. They don't work harder than I do. And I've like from reading some of their threads, I do not think, maybe this is me just being <laughs> overly confident, they write better than me. They just like have doing have been doing it for longer, exactly. and you can get someone to pay you five k. Like you can, he's, I think J.K. Maybe I think he may have signed a ghostwriting client for like twenty five k a month or something. You can get people to you can get people to pay you a lot of money if you switch from a like, uh, it, yeah, if you kind of instead of like trading your time for money, you, you trade value for money. So for ghostwriting, for instance, yes. instead of like instead of giving them followers or giving them. I don't know, giving them followers, giving that, or like giving them like two threads a week, blah, blah, blah. You, you target like these high ticket, uh, it's sort of these high ticket founders, like people with a big offer. And then yeah. you say, right, I get you X time, X number of more sales calls a week, blah, blah, blah. And then that, that can result in like an extra 30, 40, 50K for these people. And paying you 5, 10K a month is a no brainer if you're going to get them an extra like 20, 30, 40, I don't know, whatever it is. Yes. Uh, so yeah, honestly, that's, that's where it comes from. And I've met these people like even people new onto the game who have just, who've who are already at like 10K a month doing this for like four or five months. But I think they invested in retweets in the beginning, which is why I'm honestly thinking of taking the leap. I think we've got to do it. We should hold each other accountable for it, honestly. Because I'd, I'd be down, yeah. I was talking to Matt about it a lot actually too. And he was the one who kind of like started to open my mind to it. Um, and I actually watched this video. So I was in Modern Mastery. Um and Dan put out something in Modern Mastery. He's like, hey, give us a five-star rating. We'll send you this exclusive video that's not anywhere online. And it was him, Dakota, and JK Molina sitting around a table because they used to live together and just talking about this. And 
one of the big takeaways was like, if you want to succeed in the game, like you have to play the game. And that means like doing these things like trading, buying retweets, trading retweets. Like if you want to be successful, you have to do it. Um, even if you think for whatever reason it's unethical, which is a limiting belief that I need to overcome. Um, but yeah, dude, dude. It's, it's, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, I literally saw that yesterday. You watched it yesterday? I got it yesterday. I got it from like Dakota's newsletter. I saw the YouTube. He sent, yeah. it out. He, he sent it out. Yeah. He sent it out. Yeah. And I, I, mate, I literally binged it straight away. And it was, I was like, I was literally cooking my dinner. I had it playing. Yeah. And I was like, damn, dude, I'm doing this wrong. I, I got to like put some money. And then today I watched another podcast about new entrepreneurs having a money scarcity mindset. And I was like, fuck yeah. it. I got, I got to take the leap. <laughs> no, it's definitely a sign, bro. And then now that we're talking about it, like, it's like idea to implementation. Like how quickly is it going to happen? This is exactly what we were talking about. It's funny how we're like coming to this realization together on this podcast. It's funny. Um, yeah, I, honestly, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I, I do think I what you're saying is true. With like 10K to 20K a month, ghost writing is attainable. And another thing that you said that I really resonated with was you see these people doing it and you don't think they're smarter than you. And I feel that I feel that exactly. Um, and it, it's like, I don't want to compare myself to these people and like, be like, I'm better than them or like, I'm worse than them. But it's more like, if they, they're another human being, like, if they could figure it out, I can figure it out. Right. So like, yeah. I have that same mindset. I, I know what you mean, but like, I think I, I would go a step further than that. Cause like, Jay, I, I was, I mean, LeBron James is a human being. I'm not going to win six NBA rings. You know what I mean? Right. But these guys are just like average people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They were literally in my shoes a year or two ago. Like, and they aren't, I mean, I'm not saying I'm better than them. We're, I do not believe that they're like more intelligent or better, like more apt at writing than I am. And I'm like, right. And they were literally in my position a year, some a year, some six months ago. I was like, and then now like 10, 15, 20 camp. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, it's, it's just time. And how yeah, old are you, the... by the way? I'm 21. Okay, me too. And you? Yeah, I mean, I'm 21 as well. And I try to remind myself of that. Like, we're so young relative to, like, a lot of the people in this game. And so if we just expand the time frame, like, I, I'm saying, like, a year and a half until I graduate college seems very short. Um, but if you expand the time frame to, like, by the time you're 25, like, 30 years old, and you've been, like, growing this personal brand consistently for 10 years – like I, you can't tell me success is not inevitable man literally yeah. honestly as yeah it's impossible be, it's impossible not to be successful as long as you keep iterating and improving and staying consistent it's yeah honestly i'm i'm exactly the same page as you that's why i keep telling everyone everyone's, everyone's so skeptical i'm like you cannot fail and especially like i don't know you probably also yeah i'm sure you love reading and writing what you oh yeah we're okay. consuming that's, that's what got me into all this yeah Hey, honestly, so if we love, we, like, consistency is it, it, consistency comes so easily because I'm sure, like, we just love going to cafes. I mean, this morning I was in a cafe for four hours, just like typing away, and this is like, right, this is way more enjoyable than going to a club with, like, do you know, getting hammered with the friends on a Friday night? I'm like, it's impossible to lose. It's impossible yes. to lose. Yes. No, you're uh, you're speaking to my exact mindset, dude. Like, and that's been a big realization for me because. I would say from the time I was like 16 to 20, like I cared about two things. It was like being cool and like partying and fitting in was one. And like football was two American football, not soccer. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, like that was all I cared about. And so like 
on the weekends, like, why would I not go out and get fucked up? But when you have something that you actually enjoy more than that, like, it's easy to wake up and do it, is what I've noticed. Um, yeah. And now that you're, like, we're talking about writing and stuff, I've kind of shifted away from writing, like, doing all these different things, like the podcast and stuff. But I need to get back into, like, just grinding, like, just grinding out some threads, grinding out some newsletters, because that's that's so fun. No, it's super fun. Yeah. And it's like really not difficult. I, I just like banged out three threads this morning, like not very difficult. And so I, I don't really do much running in the week because I've got quite a bit of school to do. Yeah. Uh, and I, I use a scheduler and I schedule everything on the weekend. And then it's just, gets, I do my engaging in the weekend and it's like really not time consuming at all. And it's just, yeah. So I mean, if you want to like be more consistent with the Twitter stuff, just like, it's just, yeah. Just yeah bang just- it out in four hours in a, in a, in a cafe on the weekend. And yeah. That's straight inspiration from Dakota, I can tell. Like, that's, yeah. that's the mindset. It's like, have, like, a couple tasks to do. Like, put on noise-canceling headphones, go to a coffee shop and grind it out. Um, Mate, so I don't even think I got it from him. I think I got it from, like, Dickie Bush or something. And then, like, I still... They, they, all, they all probably do the same thing, honestly. Dude, and it's so enjoyable. Like, getting into these flow states. I was there from, like, 8 to 12. Like, double espresso, water. I think a little a little pastry as well, like, halfway through because I got hungry. And I was, it's just... <laughs> I was just like pure fluff, getting into some like, yeah, some, uh, what is it, EDM or some, I don't know, some like focus music. I just put focus playlists on YouTube yeah. music. And I was just like in the zone. And it's, just, it's almost like being in a workout. It's just like you're just there. Literally, bro. You're so present and locked in on the present moment. That's why for Christmas, like, mom, if you're listening to this, like the one thing I want is noise canceling headphones just to like get in the zone. So if I if I get any money from relatives for Christmas, that's exactly what it's going into um so I, I feel you on that and like a, a game changer i know you just put in like focus music look up uh interstellar playlist or interstellar like the album track or uh dark night by han zimmer like these these uh soundtracks from these movies will get you in the craziest flow state ever bro you'll be like in yeah. typing i love it okay i mean I, yeah i've heard a lot about han zimmer i mean i think dakota bangs on about him a lot right all the time yeah that's where i got it from. yeah 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 and i tried it i, I was i don't know because you know rufus du soul yes dude on that's like my jam and i tried hand Zimmer, and it was all right but it's just it wasn't rufus for me and i tried rufus but i maybe that'll be this week did you may put in a bloom on and you'll be mate you'll be typing away what is it called in a, you've definitely heard it. it's called inner bloom it's like one of his most famous ones inner bloom? okay i will check it out and i'll let it's you just oh, mate it's, it's something else yeah that's sick bro so i wanted to yeah. get into this a little bit um i know you're in this community with like matt and fernando and a couple other guys and i was talking to fernando about this briefly like kind of as a joke but kind of not because like i'm so serious about this shit we were like what if post like post when we all graduate because fernando's a junior i know uh matt is a junior like we take and fernando's this- not a junior matt's not a- I, th- I think matt's no, a junior for- Matt's a junior. I, well, I don't know. Matt's in college, but Fernando's working. Oh, Fernando's Fernando's doing yeah. right, right, right. I got it mixed up. Um, but we were talking about like down the road, like using this four-hour work week, like geographic arbitrage concept, where like you're working and making US money like online, but you're living somewhere like where you can live like a millionaire, like you can live somewhere for hella cheap. So like some huge house, like where all of us like writing people like we just live in this big house and just like grind twitter for like a couple years and we were like half joking but like 
I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Dude, 100%. Once I'm like not tied to any commitment, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm flying straight to all these people I vibe with. Like, yeah, honestly, yeah. and I, I'm I'm like, I would literally, if I if I was at 10K a month right now and I didn't have any university yet, I'd probably grab a flight to, to some places to meet with some of these cool creators. And I just, I saw you actually on a drive. You actually met one of these 20 guys in real life, right? You I drove met, up somewhere. I did meet uh, like a fitness guy. His name's Grant Messner. We met in the city, actually. Um, I haven't met anybody else except my friend Tyler, who, like, we're kind of in this together. But we grew up together. But I haven't met anybody else other than that. But I think it'd be so cool to do that. Like, to have, some, to have some big meetup. Mate, it'd be sick. I'd be super down. And I'm like, yeah, I definitely want to live with these. Like, because I, I, I don't know how you feel about this. Like, I have, like, good university friends and stuff. Yeah. But it comes a point where, like, and, like, you know, super nice and we, we vibe and stuff. But like their definition of fun is completely different to my definition of fun. As we, Like, it's all just, like, we, we vibe a lot. We, we just, like, see the world differently. Like, now that I've discovered all this online stuff, and they're, they're like, so skeptical about it. They don't really vibe with it. And, it, like, the definition of fun is different. And, and it's, you just, like, need to be surrounded by, like, mighty people to, to grow, which is why the community is so important. And, exactly. And the community online is really cool. It's, like, it's one thing to text these people all the time and, like, know that other people are doing it. But actually to have them, like, in your circle, like, where you're living, that's got to be a different level. And, like, going back to – I keep talking about, like, Dakota and Dan and JK, but, like, they literally lived together, like, as they were growing. Like, you can't tell me that doesn't have an impact. Um, and that's why, like, my friend Tyler and I, we want to live together this summer because we're doing the same thing. And nobody else in our lives, I know like two kids at my university right now doing this type of stuff. Um, and they're super cool guys. But other than that, like everybody else is like getting a very conventional like job or internship as like an, a typical employee, which there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I feel like once you see, like you take the red pill and you see like the opportunity in the online game, it's like you can't see the other side anymore. I can't go back to that mindset that I had, but then it's very hard to get on the same page with these people in terms of like, like what you want to do on a Saturday night or something like that. So it, it is like a trade-off. I feel exactly what you're saying. No, I'm hundred percent dude. I'm like exact. Yeah. I'm on the exact same wave. Like I literally cannot imagine working some corporate job for like 50, 60 hour weeks. It's like, and that's literally what I wanted to do a year ago. It's like, nuts. Hey. even six months ago. I'm like, mate, mind blown. Yeah, it's crazy how quickly you, your mind can change once you like see something. Um, yeah, yeah. I was listening to this great podcast, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, it's called Founders um, by David Senra. And he basically reads biographies or autobiographies every week and then like gives a huge, like an hour summary of a huge biography every week. And he was doing one on Charlie Munger. And Charlie Munger obviously has like, is one of the greatest investors did Berkshire Hathaway, the Warren Buffett. And he has like really good mental models for thinking. And he had this one that I heard that like blew my mind. And it was like, don't identify with any of your ideas. Just treat your ideas as tools. Once you get a better tool in your toolbox, like why would you not use it? And so that's kind of like what has happened with this Twitter stuff for me, because my idea of success was, like go work at like Goldman Sachs and get a really good corporate job and like all this stuff. But now that I have this new idea that I feel is better, at least better suited for me, why would I not pursue it all out? Right? Right. hundred percent. Definitely. It's yeah. I, I, I think I saw that. Yeah. Did you do that from his almanac or poor Charlie's almanac? 
Yeah, it was actually the it was the podcast based on his almanac. I haven't read it. Have you? Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Oh, I think I read the I want to see like pretty much stop reading books. I just like read like super detailed book summaries now. Like okay. 70 page book summaries, and I've literally haven't looked back. <laughs> so really? but I mean for like I'm reading dot com secrets. I don't know. Have you heard of, heard of dot com secrets? No, what's that? It's like some whole funnel, like some online marketer teaching about funnels and it's, he's like one of the goats of online marketing and it's like pretty about and have you heard of like million dollar there's the books that aren't on this platform i use for summaries i read them i read them normally but like book summaries you know it's just like straight value i don't know i don't know if you've tried them yet it's just like obviously you, you don't get to like kind of feel how the author is you don't you don't you don't get get with the author's vibe as much because obviously yeah. it's summarized but like in terms of all the value you get from it, I literally haven't haven't looked back. And I've looked at my notes from book summaries and actual book notes I took from the thing, and there's like no difference. Right, um, you're like weeding out all like the non-essential stuff, and you're just getting to the point of what you want to know. Maybe I'll have to look into that. I have so many books like sitting in my room that I just want to read that I just I can't get to them all, you know. Mate, um, honestly, yeah, there, that's, that's how I feel. And if anybody like that I look up to suggest a book, like I watched a Tim Ferriss video the other day and he suggested like 10 books in the in the video. I went to Amazon and bought them all. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if this guy is saying that they're valuable to him, like obviously they're valuable. But yeah, it's like, yeah. I need to find the time to read them all, you know? And there's no time. Yeah, that's that's like honestly, I was same same as you. I had crazy book list. Um uh, yeah, I, I had a crazy book like list of books to read, and I still do, but I'm getting through them faster because I'm like taking this shortcut. And like obviously it's not as enjoyable as reading the whole thing, but I'm at a stage in my life where I just want to absorb as many ideas as I can yes. in as short amount of time as I can and actually use them, like apply all of them. Because I take rigorous notes on all the stuff. So it's not like I'm just like consuming the stuff and just going out of the way. And then um and then yeah, obviously if I find more time and I was making money and stuff, I'd probably read the actual books and like take my time. But like now I just want to absorb, learn, and then use that to like make money. <laughs> so yeah. And I feel like if we can absorb all these ideas at such a young age, it's like a, a different level because especially through these different mediums, like you're able to wash the dishes and like walk to class and have like Charlie Munger, like, like talking in your ear, like Naval, like these great thinkers. Yeah. We're so, we are so lucky at this time. Right. Like we're, we're growing up in a time where the access to information has never been easier. It's crazy, bro. And like to not take yeah. advantage of it, which is another thing. Like, so kind of going back to like our whole talk about like the Goldman Sachs, like corporate job, um, working 80 hours a week. So I went on a date with this girl on Wednesday and she's in the grade above me. So she's a senior and she has like this big time investment banking job already lined up for Goldman Sachs. Like she's going to be making 110K a year plus commission. So like, and the, or plus uh plus a bonus so she might be making 200k a year and she's like asking me what i'm gonna be doing and i'm like mm -hmm. i'm trying to like i'm trying to grow a personal brand on twitter and like the the contempt that i could just tell like she feels like like oh my gosh but at the same time i feel like i work harder yeah. so it's, it's this trade-off i don't know it's so interesting yeah, I mean that compared the good time's gonna be short lived, man. When you when you're making more than her, that she had the Golden Sacks working like two hours a day, she'd be like, "Fuck, I should have listened to that guy." <laughs> well, okay, oh. hearing that is reassuring because not many people would actually like have that perspective, especially here. So, 
Dude, I literally, honestly, I, I'm at a, like a business school here as well. And everyone's mm-hmm. like super co- corporate. Everyone's like, oh, I want to be an investment macro consultant. Like, honestly, yeah. so it gets pretty repetitive. And I just, honestly, I just like laugh at it. I'm like, dude, you, you don't, you know, you haven't been enlightened. And I talk to people about my stuff. And I'm like, I've stopped talking about it now because it's like, no one believes it. No one like, they will follow me on LinkedIn though. So they see all the shit I'm posting. <laughs> Same, bro. Same. And like, <laughs> I post my, I sometimes post my newsletters on my Instagram story just so people could read them. And it, it's always interesting, like, I'll be in the gym and some like some dude I'm kind of friends with or some girl will be like, Hey, I read your, I read your thing you put on Instagram. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Like, this is so, this is so strange. Like people are reading my stuff like in real life. Yeah. Yeah. You just like stop caring though. It's like, honestly, whatever. Like, totally. yeah. It's so, crazy though. Like, so yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no Yeah. They'll tell you how it's like, yeah. Like people, the contempt, the, the contempt you feel and then, yeah, I don't know. I'm, and I'm just like, it's just complete, complete different mindsets. They're like, oh, dude, this guy's like, you know, loser, they're going to be writing on Twitter all, all summer. And I'm just like, dude, yes. dude you're, in, you're in for a rough ride, my friend. <laughs> I hope so. I don't want to get too, like, overconfident and then, like, totally, like, fucking Twitter blows up, Elon fucks it up, which I don't think is going to happen, personally. Even then, dude, you have LinkedIn, you have so many, like, dude, it's, yeah. Like, man, yeah. There's so many different platforms. And, Maybe we could get into the Elon situation. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on it right now? I haven't like looked too much into it to be honest. I just I I've just like taken the ideas people I really respect about what he's gonna do, and I've just like like said, so all all the all the guys I look up to a lot on on Twitter, yeah, all think he's gonna do a banging job, and it makes sense, dude. The guys like done some crazy stuff with companies. Like, why wouldn't he do the same with Twitter? The guys like machine. Exactly. So I think it's yeah. I think it's gonna be good. Like the probability of the companies he's created to become successful, like let's just think about it objectively. He's sending rockets to Mars. He's building yeah. cars. He's he also is like doing solar panels through Tesla. I think he's still doing that. He's doing it neuro intel, which is brain chip implementation, and they're all successful. Like, how is this possible? And so you really think like a guy who has this type of resume is not going to come into Twitter and like give it his best. Like, I don't know. And I think there's a lot of controversy around it because Twitter was this huge corporation where there's way too many employees. So things move way too slow. People aren't working hard, et cetera. What he's going to do is he's going to weed out all these, not like all these people within Twitter that are not a players and the people that are going to stay are going to be the really high achievers. And then he's going to build this culture around that. And that's why, that's why I believe in it. But also like, I, I recognize I might be biased because like, I'm trying to make Twitter my thing. So obviously I want him to succeed. So it's tricky, but I do believe in him. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. And I, as you say, all these guys, like, it is important to note that some of them, a lot of them may be biased as well because, but like, yeah, but I'm, I'm the same as you. I definitely believe in it. Um, but I'm also like, this is also kind of why I'm like cross-posting to LinkedIn. So you can build two simultaneous brands. I should probably set up a newsletter soon as well, so I can like put people on that in case all this shit screws up. But honestly, yeah, I think it's Twitter's here to stay. And if it's not, then like LinkedIn is there. Um, I, I do you, do you post on LinkedIn as well, or sometimes I don't like really repurpose my threads on LinkedIn. I'll like I'll put my newsletter articles or like blog posts that I write. I'll put those on LinkedIn. But I'm not really trying to like grow there. Like my my focus is Twitter for now. And then because this is what a lot of a lot of like those guys like Dan Co, JK, they say is like master one platform and then you can go to any other. You bring your followers to the other one. 
versus like, I feel like it's easy to spread yourself thin, like trying to grow on two at once. But if you're just repurposing your content, like, I guess it's, there's no really downside to that. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, I agree. You definitely should focus on one platform and I'm focusing on Twitter. So I'm not doing any LinkedIn engagement do because that would just take too much time. Um, so I just literally, I literally don't do anything. All my, all my tweets automatically get posted to LinkedIn. Um, and then I, every time I post a thread, I get a carousel post and I just put that on LinkedIn and that's, it takes like two minutes, but in terms of engagement and stuff, I don't actually do any engagement, which I probably should do, but I'm not like focusing on Twitter for now. Yeah. I think, outside. I think once you grow on one, you can bring it to the other eventually. Like it, that's what like all these other people are doing. Like Danco, Dakota, like they grew on Instagram. They grew huge followings on Instagram, like basically just posting their threads as carousels on Instagram. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Nuts. It's crazy. Um, but so wait, what time is it where you are right now? It's like 7 p.m. Yeah. So what are you what are you doing on a Saturday night in uh in Barcelona? I'm curious. Uh so I'm gonna catch the second half of this rug this big rugby game. Um oh, yeah. it actually it started at 6 30, but I was like, uh uh I, I can't I can't I really, really want to do this podcast. So I'm gonna probably gonna catch the second half of that uh in like 20 minutes. Okay. Um and then they're probably gonna get a beer. I'll probably have a coke and then I'll I'll come probably come back here, get a good night's sleep. I actually want to go car you know carving, like carving skateboards. I don't know. They like mimic mimic the uh the movement, the motion of a of a surfboard on a skate. I'm probably gonna do that tomorrow morning. And like I do like still go out. I, I, let's let's talk about it, like if you don't mind. I, I kinda of wanna talk about this for a bit. Like I used to be the same as you. I used to be like massive party animal, 16 to 20. I was dude, I was like getting absolutely hammered, just yeah. Like, last one out of the party, just like every oh, weekend is a no Same. brainer. Double, double Friday, Saturday, every time. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, yeah, I'll probably go out once. Cause I still do like going out like probably once a month. Uh, it just takes a big toll there. It takes time and it takes like it sucks your energy. Um, so how, what's your approach to that? What do you say? Yeah, I would say the same thing. Like, since I so when I was in Europe backpacking. I was there for like 50 days, five zero total. And I think I went out probably like out, out drinking, partying like five, like five to seven times. So like not a ton, especially for backpacking when I feel like most people just have a ton. But since I got back to school here, like for this quarter from September to now, I haven't, I haven't even, I haven't gone out one time at my school. Now I did go out last weekend and like drank and partied because I went to visit my sister and like a couple high school friends at a different college. Um, but I haven't done it here. Like most Friday and Saturday nights, like I hang out with, I hang out with people, but we like literally just chill. Like we don't really do anything. And it's very different for me than anything I'm used to. And when I tell some people that like, like they look at me like I'm a loser, which (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's funny because I feel like I have more, purpose than i ever have before but just because yeah. partying like it kind of looks like i'm a loser so i feel exactly what you're saying yeah honestly yeah um and I, yeah i'm the same as you and like people say you don't go out and like yeah i've honestly stopped giving fuck like giving the tiniest shred of a fuck about what anyone thinks now yes. like posting online doing what i want like some people may think i'm you know crazy but like but to me i still go out like, every time i go out I, like i perform and then i said so like so yeah. I, I don't think I, I, I get those stares from people. And I feel like yeah. Europeans in general, in my opinion, are kind of more chill regarding that stuff. Um, I don't, 
Wait, so you said when you when you go out and watch this rugby match or whatever, you said your friends are going to have a beer and you're going to have a Coke. So do you not drink? Uh, I drink, like, I'd say, probably once a month. Okay. I'm, I'm, and when I do, I, I, when I drink, I, like, I don't get hammered. I have, like, four or five beers in a night. Uh, but, like, I would just rather not have a drink tonight because I will be slower tomorrow. And, like, it just, it will, my physical performance will take a hit. Everything will take a hit. And it's just, like... I'm trying to I'm trying to eliminate it completely. That's that's the goal. But like once a month, it is kind of fun. I, I think Dan Perry calls like tactical degeneracy or something. And it is like it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> I like that's it a term. I love that. Tactical yeah, think, degeneracy. That's yeah, yeah. It's super good. I think Dan Kerry posted it once. No, and that's dude, kind of my approach to it now. I watched a video yesterday and it was like like stop like holding yourself to this crazy high standard, like act your age like everything's gonna work out and i think there's some merit to that like we're only 21 like we should still enjoy i think our early 20s i don't want to look back and be like fuck i just worked so hard and like i missed out on all this stuff but at the same time like i think it's all about balance like going out and drinking twice a weekend for me like it's not even on the table anymore but once a month once a month or two like i think it could be really fun like i'm already thinking like looking ahead to new year's like I'm definitely going to be partying on New Year's. It's just like those yeah. special occasions, like a couple of times throughout the year, I think, is what I'm going to try, nah. try to go for. No, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, ne- next week, I'm, next week there's a, a party for the association I'm in, and we're all going to go to some beach house or something. And they're, like, they're, they're sorting out the whole thing. And oh. I'm just going like, to like, I'll chill out for that one. Because okay. it is more fun. I've tried sober nights. They're just not as fun. I mean, it, for me personally. No, um, they're not. You can't sugarcoat that. Like, to go yeah. to something sober, for me, I'd rather honestly sometimes just not go. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. But, but it's funny how we're in a very similar mindset with it, too. Yeah. I, I'm trying to re kind of rewire my definition of fun to an extent. And like now, I genuinely like this isn't trickery, like this isn't bullshit or anything. I probably get just as much fun like sitting at a cafe before I was having a double espresso. As crazy as that may sound, a lot of people then they're going to the club. Like honestly, and it's like if I and people, some people are like, dude, you're like you're you're a creep, like you're crazy. Like how how, <laughs> how how why do you not want to go to the club like party and stuff? And I like just take a chill. But I'm like, dude, I'm getting more fun from this than going to the club. Like you think I'm working so hard? I'm just having fun. Like you know what I mean? So <laughs> I totally agree with you. I used to feel like that for football or like for sports. Like I would always have more fun playing sports than like going out and partying just because I loved what I was doing. And it's the same thing with this writing stuff. Like if you really love what you're doing, like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to prefer it over this other stuff. But at the same time, like you should reward yourself for, ha- for working so fucking hard. I think. I agree. But things I, I, I honestly don't see it as work. I don't feel like I've done, like I've worked a lot this morning, even though I wrote three threads and wrote a shit ton of tweets. And I, yeah. I, I literally just feel like I had fun. Um, yes. So yeah, so my ultimate, the end goal for me is definitely like eliminate drinking altogether um, and like kind of eliminate, maybe not eliminate the partying. I think it's good to go out, like dance and stuff, but it's like the drinking. I, I think, yeah, because a part of me believes, why aren't we able to dance like sober? Like why aren't we able to have a good time sober? There's definitely like some insecurity about it, I think. It has to be. And I, I think about that a lot. Like, I was actually downtown in Chicago a couple of weeks ago and I was at this like piano bar for my friend's birthday and I, I was completely sober. So I was kind of just like chilling, like talking to people, like having a decent time. There was this kid 
on stage, like dancing, going insane. And I, I pull up next to him at the bar and he's drinking waters. And I'm like, dude, you're not drinking. He's like, nah, bro. I'm like, that is the most impressive thing I've ever seen. Like the people who are just unapologetically able to just like be loose and be themselves, like without any alter like substances. Mm-hmm. I admire that. I really do. And I don't have that myself. So it, it I think it is a, maybe a bit of an insecurity or like fear of judgment for sure. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like, to, to, I've actually like had some good energy in the last couple of months, just like, like sober nights or like one or one beer or two beer nights. And I've had people literally go up to me like, dude, like what drugs are you on? What drugs are you on? I'm like, dude, I've had a beer. I'm just like, I want the positive energy, man. Yeah, you're just <laughs> high off life. Literally, honestly, this whole Twitter, like this whole opening your mind to this stuff, it's just, it makes you so much happier. Like realizing you don't have to like go to the, do the rat race anymore. And I can, oh, 100%. You don't, exactly. Once you realize you don't have to, that's the big key. But now it's like building yeah. that point. Um, so I'm curious, like, what are your plans for next summer? Uh, so I'm, I'm actually currently living in Bangkok in Asia. Oh, wow. okay. My family is. So I'm probably going to go visit them. And then I'm not sure. I, either I'll come back with my family to France. But I really want to do like a three-month backpacking trip in Asia. But it depends on how much money I'm earning because I have to fund that. And like, and my, I don't know if my parents would be okay with that either. I, I did like big backing, backpacking tricks before, but they may want to see me. Uh, but I, yeah, so it all depends on how much money I'm earning and like how I'm fitting in the, uh, in the moment then. But ideally, like go traveling for a good couple of months in Asia. That'd be sweet, dude. I, I have a dream to do yeah. that too, like backpacking Asia. Oh my God. It'd be, it'd be such an unbelievable experience. It's so fun, dude. Yeah. And then you go to hostels, meet, meet cool people, and then like, find local cafes and just grind away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also do, do some like visiting the odd, the odd rave, the odd jungle rave here and there. <laughs> and okay. then, uh, Bro, that'd yeah. be so cool. We'll have to stay in touch like up until that point, because I still don't know for sure what I'm going to do this summer. Right now, my mind is like, my mindset is like, go live in Iowa state with my friend and like try to build this. But I do have this inclination to want to travel, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. May I, yeah. I mean, do do whatever feels. I, I, definitely keep your options open. You, exactly. yeah, you'll see what you'll see what happens. Like a lot can change in a few months. Exactly. Yeah, we still got some time too. Because also, if you're absolutely killing it, and then he hasn't really grown as much as you want, I mean, it may be counterproductive. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, you just see see how it develops, right? That's a fair point. Yeah, I guess kind of just got to take it a day a day at a time and see what happens. It's just like everybody else already has these plans. Like most of my friends like have internships, jobs lined up for the summer. And like, I'm very, yeah. I'm very open still like to what I want to do. So I guess I feel like this bit of pressure to figure it out, but yeah, why? Like why I shouldn't. Yeah. That's you're also like third year, right? I'm like, I'm first. Yeah. I'm like under no expectation to get an internship this summer. That's <laughs> nice. Is kinda, that's nice. Just, yeah, and then if I'm making like 10, 15k by the summer or whatever, the next like next summer, I'll, I'll, and who knows if there'll even be like a next academic year, right? I, I'm thinking I have been talking to a few people about this. If we're like 15, 20k a month, like what, what is the point finishing this degree? So, so like, but I, I don't want to like, you know get ahead of myself too much, and I do yeah. like college to be fair. Um, so. Same. There's definitely benefits to it, but at the same point, like if you're able to do this online, like. Why would you, why would you stay here? Um, I'm in a bit yeah. of a state because like, I only have like a year left, so I might as well just finish it out. 
But yeah, I know what you mean. I've I've had similar thoughts. Because yeah, because Matt told me he he may stay because he's doing an exchange in in Argentina. Yeah, and he told me he he may actually like just stay out if he's at like ten k a month. He probably he may just stay out there. And, not, and he only has one more year left as well. Yeah, and then just like and not yeah. not. Finish. I'm like yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I love the open mindedness. Like it's so it's so cool. Yeah, dude, it never used to be an option for me. Like not finishing college was like like an absolute no go. And now I'm like it's like it's yeah, I haven't made any money yet, so it's like <laughs> it's definitely positive thinking. But like now I'm like. Because the opportunity cost, if you think about it, is like damn high. Three years of your twenties, that's like, dude, it's thirty percent of like you know the decade where you're most fit and able to do stuff of your life. And if you're already making like I don't know, so <laughs> yeah, we'll it have is, to see. Yeah, it is interesting. I just think like take it one day at a time, and then things will work out unexpectedly. Um, but I feel like we see the path. That's the most important. Like we see the path yeah. to this end goal. But now it's just yeah, like, no, it's, 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 yeah, we. We all know the end goal, I, I think, right? Just be dependent and be able to read and write as whatever the hell we want about want to. Write. Exactly. Like the money to me doesn't even really matter. It's just like freedom of my time and being able to do what I want. Like that's what I that's what I want. Mate, same. I'm on the exact same page. The money doesn't matter at all. Yeah. It's it's just like not having to do something. Obviously, yeah. you need to take care of your like basic necessities, and then you can like worry about the, uh, yeah. I, mean, I think JK is funny, but I think he calls it like get rich and then get philosophical or something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, Naval he... says that too. He's like, let's get people rich and then we'll like make people enlightened. Yeah, yeah, literally. That's not what they wanted in the first place. Yeah, because like, I, I don't want to be a monk. I don't want to give up everything. Like, yeah, you, you can get enlightened and then but like, yeah, get, take it, get all your stuff taken care of. Totally. Then you can focus on, on what really matters. <laughs> exactly, bro. Yeah, we're in a very similar headspace with this. It's awesome. Um, That's super cool. Yeah. So we've been on here for like, I think like over an hour. So I think this is probably yeah. the place to wrap it up. But where can people find you at? Uh, yeah, so just Tim J. Carden on Twitter and then Tim Carden on LinkedIn. I don't know if you'll find me with that. But if you've had just Tim J. Carden on Twitter and that's about it. Um it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Likewise. Yeah. yeah, no, it was really fun finally getting a chance to meet you. And it was fun doing like a podcast episode where like the first time we're talking is an actual episode. I haven't done this before. So it was super cool meeting you. I'll make sure. No, super like, cool. I'll link your stuff below. Yeah. Like your website. I see your website here, your Twitter, your LinkedIn. So I'll definitely link that below. Yeah. We'll have to definitely do this again. I appreciate it, man. And um, and yeah, if you want to like that community, the Vibe Village, it's, it's called the Vibe Village, that community with like Fernando and stuff. Like definitely hop on. Uh, Dude, be great. I'm in. I'm in. Say the word and I'm in. We're great. We're happy. I'll send you a link after this. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll sort that out. It's like, it's really, it's it's good vibes there. So <laughs> yeah. That's good. I appreciate it. It's been great, bro. man. And I appreciate you coming on, taking the time. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jack.